Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Here we go. And an uncomfortable murmur comes over City Field. The Mets are now clinging to a 90-foot lead. And now Tim Anderson has had a good night. Three for four, two singles and a double. First and third and two down. 11 to 10 New York. Fly ball center field. Nemo eases back. He is there. And the ball game is over. David Robertson of the Mets hang on by the skin of their teeth. They nearly let a seven-run lead get away. Robertson strands the tying and lead runs in scoring position in the ninth. And on the strength of four home runs, including a pair for Francisco Alvarez, the Mets outlast the White Sox 11 to 10. Last night, and the New York Mets were right in the middle of it and quite a part of it although it almost ended up on the losing side for them, as you heard Gary Cohen and crew on Mets TV detail the final out of that game with David Robertson coming on to hang on for a save in a game the Mets led 8-2 to and 11-4 to before the Chicago White Sox came almost all the way back. And as it turns out, the Mets were on the right side of history last night gonna lead off gonna start with baseball Uh, my favorite as you well know but when it's a record-setting historic night i think it's justified to lead with the national pastime so what are we talking about here if you happen to miss it last night because otherwise it was another i'm gonna sound like matt joseph's here who's on vacation this week that's why you didn't hear border to border from three to four it was an otherwise ordinary docket of games for a Tuesday night in mid to late July, and yet it turned out to be anything but that. We had four separate games in which both teams scored at least 10 runs. That ties an all-time Major League record, and honestly, it's a modern-day Major League record because the other two times it occurred back in 1894, No, I didn't watch any of those games. I didn't broadcast any of those games. July 4th and July 9th, 1894. Only Major League Baseball's second season using the current mound distance of 60 feet 6 inches. So those fellows were still getting used to things back then. So for all intents and purposes, this is a Major League Baseball record, at least a modern day Major League Baseball record. So the Mets beat the White Sox. Yay, AJ. 11-10. to How embarrassing would that have been if they had blown that 11-4 to lead and lost that game on this historic offensive night in Major League Baseball? Four homers for the Mets. Francisco Alvarez grabs a couple of them. Arizona beat Atlanta. That's a story in and of itself. The Braves are actually on a losing streak right now we will try to correct all that because one of our guests today is a braves guest uh, arizona beat atlanta 16 to 13 first time both teams scored 13 plus runs through the first eight innings of a game 
since they had to go overseas to do it. The Yankees and Red Sox played in London in 2019, and they did it there. So it wasn't even done in the United States. Uh, it's the only time in Diamondbacks history that both uh, the D-backs and their opponents scored at least 13 runs. So there was that one. Uh, two mediocre to bad teams combined for a pretty good game. Royals beat the Tigers 11-10. to 10. I love this. I'm reading on MLB.com, um, and they phrase this as the Royals defeating the Tigers in an AL Central showdown. Wow, that's the only place that's going to fly is on MLB.com, right? There's no nothing about a showdown there between a Tiger team 10 games under 500 and a Kansas City team, yes, 40 games under 500. That's right, 40 games under 500, even after they won that game last night over the Tigers. So don't give me any of this uh showdown al central showdown series and kansas city almost blew it royals led that game 11-6 in the ninth detroit came all the way back to make it 11 to 10 spencer torkelson former number one pick hit a couple of homers for the tigers the royals put up 11 didn't hit any home runs in that game the winning pitcher in that game just to localize things for you david lynch uh the former or daniel lynch beg your pardon daniel lynch uh, the former Douglas Freeman and UVA standout picked up the win. He didn't pitch great in a slugfest of a game. He went the first five innings. Uh, the Royals had gotten him a lot of runs. They got him out of there. They held on, and he was still able to get the win, even though he didn't pitch great. And I've noticed the last two times I have seen Daniel Lynch's name listed as the starting pitcher and in the box score, he is now listed as Daniel Lynch the fourth. So I don't know if he requested that, if the family here on Richmond's West End in Henrico County requested that, or somebody just realized he was Daniel Lynch the fourth, and started putting the moniker at the end there, Lynch the fourth. So if you look in the box score, or the next time he's scheduled to pitch, which I guess will be Sunday, which will be in Yankee Stadium, by the way, that would be very cool. Uh, it's Lynch the fourth. I don't know if that's on the back of his jersey at this point or not. Um, I was going to look on one of the highlights to see if I could see the back of his jersey. Anyway, so there was another one. That one finished 11-10 for the um, Royals over the Tigers and then the Giants with an 11-10 win over the Cincinnati Reds. So those are the four games in which both teams scored double figures. In all, there were 12 teams, eight games, in which at least one team scored in double figures. Now, I don't know that you can go and credit all the new rules of baseball as a reason this is happening. Baseball very definitely wants the scoring to go up. They want more runs. They want more hits. They want more home runs. The only one of the rules that I think really could have impacted last night would have been the uh, no-shift rule. So maybe there were more hits going through the infield because teams couldn't shift and put three infielders on one side of the field. That would be about the only way. Other than that, I think it was just a hot night for the offenses in last night's games. Let me rattle these off to you in case in case you missed any of them. Dodgers beat the Orioles 10-3. to Those two teams are actually playing this afternoon, and they're kind of almost on a pace for another double-digit game. The O's lead that game late. I think it's 8-5. to Guardians beat the Pirates 10-1. to Pittsburgh came back and beat them today. Get to that in a minute. Uh, Mets over the White Sox 11-10. to 
Diamondbacks over the Braves 16 to 13. Giants beat the Reds 11 to 10. Cubs pummeled the Nationals 17 to 3. Tough night for the boys from DC. Royals over the Tigers 11 to 10 and the Twins beat the Mariners 10 to 3. There was almost one more game because the Padres beat the Blue Jays 9 to 1. Juan Soto, I want to talk about a little bit more in a moment. Uh, hit a two-run home run in that game, and the Padres still five games under five hundred. Beat the Blue Jays in Toronto nine to one. So that was almost another uh, game. So that's pretty phenomenal stuff from last night. All those games in double-figure runs, and that's just what Major League Baseball absolutely wants. They want more runs. They want more homers. They want more hits. They want more offense. I actually went back and looked, and I'm sure the pace of play was just fine. And people in attendance at those games probably didn't care how long they went, but as you might imagine, five of those eight games went more than three hours, which is kind of that, you know, cross-to-bear figure in Major League Baseball now. They want everything under three hours. Five of those eight games went more than three hours. They were exciting games. Almost all of them were competitive to the end, and I don't think anybody really cared that they went three-plus hours. So the only rule that could have come into play there would have been the shift or no shift rule, and maybe there were some more hits. You know what else I've noticed in Major League Baseball? And I'm probably going to spend most of the first half hour on this because i got a couple other things I want to get to. And like I said, justified when there was a historic night, record-setting night in Major League Baseball. I think official scores have been told when even the slightest bit of doubt on whether it's a hit or an error, call it a hit. Call it a hit. We want more hits in the game. We want more runs in the game. Pitchers be damned. We don't care about their earned run average. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to worry about it. Don't don't try not to have too many errors out there. Because I've watched games re- recently where it's just been ridiculous, some of the scoring decisions, and announcers are, like, going berserk over it. Like, how could that not be an error? Especially when you get a pitcher in the broadcast booth who's trying to defend his profession a little bit, and they should be unearned runs, and they're giving guys hits left and right. Um, I don't know if there's actually been, like, a mandate or an unwritten rule. Baseball's famous for those. That if you're an official scorer, look the other way if it's going to be an error. Give a guy a hit. Be nice. Be kind. Let's rack up more hits out there. And I'm not saying that's why uh, Luis Arise is was hitting close to 400. He's dropped off now. He's been legit. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But I've watched a lot of baseball, particularly the last two, three weeks, in which there were plenty of balls that I'm like, that had to be caught. And base hit goes up on the board. Double goes up on the board, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think that's skewing these figures a little bit as well. All right, with that, we welcome you to the program. Um, maybe it was offensive to you, the first segment. Ha-ha, <laughs> see what I did there? Well played, Bob, right? Offensive? We're talking offensive baseball? There we go. That's how we get started. Please, people, help me out this afternoon. 804-327-0888 on the Sports Huddle. Uh, I do have a couple of other baseball points I do want to get to. Try and get to that in the next 15 minutes or so. We've got a couple of great guests coming up today, and we are going to spread the wealth around with some other topics beyond just baseball today, so don't fear, and we hope you'll be a part of that. All right, here's where else we are going on this afternoon's midweek edition of the Sports Huddle. Here's what's coming up on today's Sports Huddle. This is a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. 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 
River City Rundown brought to you by the Richmond chapter of the American Red Cross. During these hot summer months, donating blood, volunteering, all of that is crucial to the success of the Red Cross. To learn how you can help, visit redcross.org. All right, coming up at the bottom of the hour, as I said, we're going to get beyond baseball. And at 430, our good friend Scott Jackson is going to join us. And we've got some really good news involving Scott that we are going to talk about. Uh, As you know, he is kind of a jack-of-all-trades, hopefully, as you've listened to our program over the course of time. He's been a regular contributor for us because he's on the Commander's Radio Network. He hosts their post-game show. He's done a lot of college basketball in our area. He's done some VCU games uh, for ESPN+. He does a host of Old Dominion games for ESPN+. And now he's going back into the Newport News, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Uh, Chesapeake market down there and he has taken over the afternoon sports talk show at their uh, sports talk station down there in Norfolk beginning uh, in about two weeks so good for Scott Uh, that means he won't be on with us in the afternoon at least not live Uh, we will have some opportunities perhaps to tape some conversations with Scott and we'll let you know when that's happening we're not trying to hide that by any stretch of imagination particularly if you know that Scott is live on the air on his own radio station down there in Norfolk so that starts in a couple weeks good for him he's still going to do the commander's post game show and old dominion basketball and that sort of thing so we got a lot to catch up and Scott's going to join us live this afternoon because he hadn't started the new gig yet he'll be on with us at 4 30 at 5 30 Wiley Ballard from the Braves radio network is going to join us and their pregame show and this is uh almost uncharted territory right now for the Atlanta Braves we're almost going to be talking about what's wrong with the Braves and I say that um tongue firmly planted in cheek very facetiously here but look they've lost three in a row that doesn't happen very often uh if at all to the atlanta braves and they lost that wild one last night to arizona 16 13 they still have a nine and a half game lead in the national league east oh by the way the second place team did change in the national league east aj i don't know if you looked at the standings the mets did not leapfrog from fourth to second just because they won a double-figure scoring game last night. So don't get too excited, A.J. The Mets are not in second place in the National League East. Or third. (laughs) Oh, very well played. Very well played. I like that. Wow, you can poke fun at your own team there. You're a good man, A.J. That is correct. But Philadelphia leapfrogged Miami last night. The Phils won their fourth in a row. The Marlins lost their fifth in a row. And the Phils are now in second in the NL East. They still need a pair of binoculars to see Atlanta ahead of them by nine and a half games. But at least they're there, firmly entrenched in the wild card in the National League at the moment. And nine and a half back of Atlanta. The Phils are ten games over 500 so yes the Mets are still in fourth in the National League East they're six games under 500 17 and a half out of first and still eight out of a wild card spot that but they did win it, it should night. be noted that I said the Phils were going to go over the Marlins yes you did you absolutely did and I'm happy you were right on that one uh, so anyway Wiley Ballard will join us at 5:30 from the Braves radio network not too far off his airtime uh, tonight because the Braves are playing again this evening against the Arizona Diamondbacks down there at Truist Park um, in Atlanta so he's going to join us just before I guess he's going on the air because he does they're they're kind of like their pre pregame show down there in Atlanta 705 is the uh, leadoff man show that you will hear here on 1061 ESPN I think he's actually on even before that. Uh, on the local station 
down there in Atlanta. Charlie Morton will try and end that losing streak of three games for the Braves tonight. He's pitching against the Diamondbacks at 720. We'll have it for you at 705. And Wiley will join us at 530, and we'll talk about all of that uh, with him, uh, and we'll talk some Braves baseball. Hope to talk with you, 804-327-0888. We continue with the Sports Huddle in a moment on 1061 ESPN. Braves will keep us in mind. Follow the Atlanta Braves as they battle for a sixth straight division crown here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Conspiracy Bob on today's show. That's very, very interesting. What are you talking about, Conspiracy uh, Bob? I'm just saying, you're starting to act like uh, baseball's trying to be more offensive-minded. Uh-huh. Like, sports do that? I, I didn't notice that. Uh, I sound like Matt Joseph, don't I? He's the king of conspiracy theories, for sure. No, I'm just saying, like, the story I read was on MLB.com, and I get where their paycheck is signed, but the writer was like, oh, we didn't think we... Didn't see this coming with all these new rules. This is great that we scored all these runs yesterday because of these new rules. They didn't score. Maybe, like I said, a little bit, but but not a lot. And like I said, I have really watched a lot of games where there should have been errors and they've given hits. That I do think there's a conspiracy theory there uh, that they wanted they want to jack up the offense as much as they can. That's one way that they can do it. So yeah, uh, I, I, I give you that one. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I, I think it's common sense. I what think do you mean common I, sense? I think you're on point. I think that nobody wants defense oh. in any sport anymore. And <laughs> this it is just, right up your alley. I, yeah, I guess a, I guess a lot of sports fans aren't scoring in their life because they just need thirty scores, forty scores. I'm 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 over this. <laughs> but I mean, an error is an error. The ball hits off the glove. Call it what it is. It's an error. It's not fair to the pitchers. You know, some of their livelihood is made on that. Like, their earned run average goes up. Well, if if that guy comes around and scores on what should have been like a ground ball to the third baseman, for crying out loud. Is it? I mean, the best thing about the sport versus every other sport is the drama and the anticipation and the and the heartfelt, heartbreak, heartfelt, all that other stuff. That's all part of it. Airs, crowds, or whatever. You, you, like, that's all part of the game. That's what makes Absolutely. that game beautiful. It's ridiculous. It does. Yeah, I don't I don't care. They're manufacturing that. Just like the stolen bases, they're manufacturing stolen bases now with the, you know, you only get two, what is it, can't breaks of contact, disengagement from the rubber. It gives the, the runner such an advantage, uh, and the base is a little bit bigger. I don't know how much difference that really makes, maybe a little bit on certain bang-bang plays. So, anyway, they just they want more offense. Let, let's just put it that way. So, we, we kind of – we know that at this point. All right, I don't think I'm going to have enough time here because Scott Jackson's coming up in just a little bit, and we'll get into the Commanders because, look, I think the countdown clock is into 24 hours now, right? The sale thing is supposed to be voted on tomorrow, and the sale should go through, and the Commanders will no longer be owned by Daniel Snyder. I think that's going to happen and be official tomorrow. So, yep, you know, right. it, it's like New Year's Eve, right? Sure. Okay. If you're commander yeah right we'll we'll see where that goes there's still going to be lawsuits there's still going to be stories but josh harris should be the new owner of the washington commanders probably by the time we're talking tomorrow afternoon and speaking of that uh let me let me mention this and then we will get to the break and then scott is coming up and we'll talk commanders maybe even a little college sports he loves that and about his new gig down there in uh in norfolk as their afternoon sports talk show host so he'll be going up I'm not going to say against because we're in different markets, but we'll be going side by side 
against each other. And I've done this a couple of times with a couple of morning people when I was on in the morning in other markets. We've, like, been on each other's show at the same time. AJ, that will challenge you a little bit if we get a chance to do that because you'll certainly be the producer of this one to do that. And, yes, we were like – I know I've done it with my guy Rick Watson in um, in Radford – at Radford, and I'd kind of be on his show, and he'd be on mine, and we'd be doing it at the same time for for a segment or so in the morning. It was kind of fun, um, and it, it brought two audiences to the table for both of us. So I don't know. Maybe that'll happen at some point with Scott. But, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I think you could handle it. I think you would push the right buttons. It would be really cool. Um, so maybe somewhere down the road. Let's let him get his feet wet. Let him get get in there and get it get it going down there. But he'll be on with us here in just a couple of minutes. But let me let me do this real quick. Um, we are not going to be at Colonial Downs tomorrow. I know we have been promoting that, that we'd be there on Thursdays. Um, we have some I's to dot and cross, T's to cross, so to speak. Um, you know, so we got to get some things squared away. And hopefully that will get done in the near future, and we will be back down there. Uh, no one's fault. It's just, you know, part of the biz. It's part of things that have to happen. Um, so we were glad to be there last week. Everybody wanted to be there last week. It was opening day. We had a great time there. It went great. No issues from that standpoint. But just a couple things to be ironed out, and hopefully we'll get those things ironed out, and we'll be back down there before too long. So we will be in the studio tomorrow. And by we, I mean Sean Robertson and I. Both of us will still be on co-hosting Feel Good Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle, but uh, we will not be at Colonial Downs. I know most of you aren't going to go down there to see Bob and Sean anyway. And in tomorrow's case, it would have been AJ because he was actually going to make an appearance down there with us. So disappointed by that, but hopefully down the road uh, that will happen. So in any event, I know you're going to see the horses and win big money and all of that, but Sean and I will not be at Colonial Downs tomorrow, but we will do the sports huddle uh, from in-studio tomorrow. Feel Good Thursday edition with Sean Robertson from CBS 6 and yours truly tomorrow afternoon. All right, let's get the break in here. Scott Jackson will join us. Uh, Commander's at the top of our list for the most part, but we'll get into some more sports with him as well Orioles won today by the way they beat the Dodgers eight to five salvaged the game out of that series after LA had won the first two games Scott Jackson next on the sports huddle the Braves are back from the all-star break and all eyes are on the postseason how far can they go listen and find out with us here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves 1061 ESPN Richmond We say this a lot when we do things on the fly here on live radio, that this is live radio. And sometimes we have to call Omaha, Omaha. We got to call audibles at the line of scrimmage. And such is the case with Scott Jackson. Um, not available for us at 4.30. He is going to be available a little bit later, maybe around 5 o'clock or so, and we will have him at that point. Kind of got some wires crossed there a little bit. I said to AJ as we went to the first break, I just feel really out of sorts for some reason today. That was even before this happened. Uh, so that was a foreshadowing that I didn't really need, but just feel a little out of sorts today. So we'll try and plow through this thing. So Scott's going to join us at some point. We still have Wiley Ballard from the Braves Radio Network set at 5.30. But, look, that gives me a chance to get into two other things with baseball. First of all, a huge thank you to Mr. John O'Connor of the Richmond Times-Dispatch and Richmond.com, who is evidently listening this afternoon and, as usual, has scooped me 
and was ahead of me by, I don't know, at least an hour, maybe a little bit more than that. I'm not sure. So in the last segment, when I was talking about the Royals beating the Tigers and the winning pitcher was Daniel Lynch, the former Freeman and UVA pitcher, I made the comment, kind of offhanded comment, that I've noticed of late they have added uh, Daniel Lynch the fourth to his name when they put him, and this is a tribute to John, when they put him in the agate in the newspaper. Does anybody know what the agate is in the newspaper? AJ, if I said that to you, would you know what the agate page is in the newspaper? What's a newspaper? <laughs> well, <laughs> touche. Good for you. Uh, John's John's not smiling at that or anybody else that works in the newspaper industry. I'm kidding. I love the newspaper. I know you do. But do you know what the agate page is? I literally do not. Know. I know you don't. That's why do you think I asked the question? You know, you're you're kind of my Ed McMahon right now. You're my. You know who Ed McMahon is? I, I love Ed McMahon. Okay, I was also good. like four, but yes. All right, but a sidekick to Johnny Carson, right? Yeah, the I love, best. I love Johnny Carson. Better than Andy Richter. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. Yeah. All right. Um. So anyway, the agate page is the page that has all the small fine print with the standings and the box scores and the transactions. All that kind of stuff. And and I said, I've noticed in the box scores, whether it was online, whether it was on MLB.com, ESPN.com, or, or Richmond.com, that it now said Lynch the fourth. And I, I just as an aside, I'm like, I wonder why he started doing that. Uh, when did he start doing that? I, I didn't know that. I was going to look on the back of his jersey last night while he was pitching, and I didn't get a shot of him with just his back. And sure enough, John O'Connor texts me because he's listening this afternoon, I appreciate that. And he's got a story in Richmond.com, uh, Richmond Times-Dispatch today, and the lead is about Daniel Lynch adding the fourth to the end of his name as a tribute to his dad and his grandfather, who he considers the most influential figures in his life. That's a really nice touch. So they've done it for him. I'm sure he had to go to their PR people and, and you know their equipment people for his jersey and all of that. And they've added the fourth, which I think that's really cool and and really nice. And just to go a little bit deeper, uh, read the story if you get a chance. If you're a local baseball fan, high school, college, whether you're Freeman or UVA or not, uh, really good story by John. The fact of the matter is he's been pitching really well since coming back off the injured list. He did get the win last night, although, as I said, he didn't pitch great last night in what turned out to be a slugfest, but he still got the win. And he's, he's going pretty good guns right now. But uh, thank you, John, for that, to answer that question, that there really is a reason why they have added that to Daniel Lynch's name uh, in the newspaper and online. So I, I thought that was, that was really cool. Um, all right, here's the other one I want to get into. And I'm going to take, while we're on the media subject, those of you who listen to me and know me and know how long I've been in the media business and how proud I am of being in the media business, I will try to defend the media as much as I possibly can. Um, and I've got an instance here, and it's probably not the biggest deal in the world, but I think it does shine some light on a little bit of laziness of reporting, of telling part of the story accurately, but not telling the entire story. And, and I think it actually speaks some volumes to the subject matter here. And maybe to blame is social media, and I'll be the first to do that. Put me in line at number one to blame social media for just about everything because I do think they're to blame for just about everything. And maybe it was more people on social media than it was real journalists, although I follow a lot of real journalists and reporters who I think were using Twitter 
as their platform to report. So at the end of the day, it would still be the reporter. So you remember at the All-Star break, the All-Star game ends in Seattle, and the players have a couple days before baseball started again on Friday, and the Padres were playing in Philadelphia, right? That's where they resumed. So the Phillies, who had a large contingent, at the All-Star game because they had the manager, Rob Thompson, because the Phillies won the National League last year, and his entire staff, plus a couple of players, plus they took their families with them. So they had chartered a relatively big-sized airplane to go out there. And coming back, it was learned by one or many reporters, social media people, podcasters, that the Phillies invited Juan Soto to come back on their charter plane with them to Philadelphia because the Padres were opening in Philly. And, of course, that opened the can of worms. Oh, why are the Phillies inviting Juan Soto to come back? Are they interested in acquiring Soto perhaps before the trade deadline? You know, and that's still going on. I listened to Philly Sports Talk Radio this morning. That was not only the number one topic on the morning show, it was the only topic on the morning show and i'll be glad to get into that a little bit as well uh the washington nationals somewhere are smiling by the way because they stand to be the big winner in that juan soto deal because all of those prospects are making their way up the chain for the nationals and juan soto might be on his way out the door in san diego uh because they have totally underachieved as you well know as i have uh, obviously well documented. I know they won yesterday. I know Soto hit a home run, but they're still five under. They're ten and a half back. They're seven and a half out of a wild card. If they don't make a quick move here before August one, the trade deadline, Soto really could be traded. And you know the chatter in Philadelphia is: Do we want him or don't we want him? Huge talent, only twenty four years old, but the Phillies got a first hand look at him for four days. After the All-Star break, and it didn't go well. His body language, his actions, uh, none of that. So there's the fear of him uh, kind of being a cancer in the clubhouse kind of thing. Now, the Phillies have some veteran guys that I think could take care of that for sure. But anyway, so that was the topic of conversation on Philly Sports Talk Radio. Also on that morning show today, Rob Thompson made an appearance on WIP. That's the all-sports station in Philadelphia. He does it every other week. I'm going to assume he gets paid to do it, but that's really neither here nor there in this story. And they had to be very careful with their questioning. They, Rob can't say, we want Juan Soto or we don't want Juan Soto. That's, you know, that's the tampering thing in any sport. That's not going to happen. So one of the hosts appropriately phrased the question of, you know, what did he think of Juan Soto when he had some time to be around him, you know, either because they invited him back on the plane or while they were around at the, at the All-Star game. And Thompson handled that part of it perfectly. And he said, yeah, we, we you know, spent some time together. He was very professional. He was very good. Work habits at the All-Star game look great. But then he added the other piece to what started the whole Juan Soto firestorm about him being invited by the Phillies back on their charter plane to Philadelphia. Rob Thompson said, on our way to Seattle, we finished in Miami. And we invited the Miami players and their families to come on that charter to go to Seattle. And they accepted. And they went out there with the Phillies. And nobody ever reported that. Nobody ever said, oh, my goodness, the Marlins are on the same plane with the Phillies going to the All-Star game. 
which was probably even more of a story because they're National League East rivals in second and third place. Again, that is flip-flop for the record now. But nobody ever brought up that the Phillies offered the same thing to the Marlins, who accepted, as they did to Juan Soto. It was a big story because, oh, the Phillies put Juan Soto on the plane. Maybe they're trying to get him. Nobody said, well, the Phillies put the Marlins on the plane as well. So, again, so I kind of there's a little bit of blame there that kind of started the firestorm of Philly being overly interested in Juan Soto. I don't know if they are or not. Dave Dombrowski's done an unbelievably great job, general manager of the Phillies. If he thinks it would work, he'll figure out a way to do it. I don't I don't know. Uh, I'm not convinced that they need him pending on what they would give up. But my point of the whole story was shame on media or shame on social media for not having the full story there, for only having the half of it that made headlines was kind of the sexy part of the story. The fact that the Marlins went out there with him, nobody even noticed that. Um, and, and Thompson didn't say that it happens often in baseball or in any sport. But I think there are instances that we don't know anything about where that likely happens, where teams are able to help other teams out in off-the-field, off-the-court scenarios. At the end of the day, you still want to beat them. I mean, the Phillies took three out of four from the Padres, and they invited the Marlins after Miami took two out of three from Philadelphia. It wasn't like they were being a sore loser or anything. It's, oh, you're not coming with us because you beat us two out of three. They just did it because it it made sense. And I don't know if there was, there probably wasn't even any financial transaction in the whole thing, but I would imagine if the Phillies needed to recoup some of the cost, the Marlins would have, you know, written some kind of a check to them or Soto would have done that, you know, as a tip, as a thank you. But again, I just, you know, media, social media, you didn't get the full story on that one, and I think it lessens the value of the Soto part of it. Like it wasn't as big of a deal as people were making it out to be and what it might mean in terms of any trade or any kind of transaction between the Phillies and the Padres because the same thing happened with Miami, and there wasn't even a whisper that something could be happening between any of those players or families or anything that was on that plane. I, I just I found that very revealing this morning when I listened to Rob Thompson on uh, on Philly Sports Talk Radio. He does a great job with those interviews, and he's got a very dry sense of humor. And as he said, uh, it's pretty easy to do these interviews right now when we're winning like this, which is, is what they're doing. But I think he's contracted to be on every two weeks, win or lose. Um, and I found that very informative and entertaining this morning. All right, we are rescheduling. So those were my last two baseball things, at least for the time being. That was uh, – those were the two that I did want to get to. The Daniel Lynch, the fourth um, information that John O'Connor provided us, and then uh, the media not going all the way to get the full story, or social media not going all the way um, to get the full story. Or they're trying to draft or trying to recruit all of the Marlins. You haven't figured that out yet. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even remember. I have to go back and look and see. They were all-stars, right? We know they were good players. They were they were all and I think they took like their family members with them too, and maybe a couple of front office people from Miami that were obviously going to the All Star game, and they had a big enough plane to do it because you know the Phillies had a large contingent to begin with because they took the whole the whole coaching staff which was the All Star coaching staff. So I think that's a cooler story personally. Just What's that? one team helping another team out to me I is agree. way cooler than Juan Soto. You know, I have I I don't know if I've told the story on the air. This actually turned out to be a disaster. Um, for the other team, but that happened um, 
once to us with Richmond basketball. I guess I want to say it was um, maybe two years ago. Um, I can't. I'm trying to remember if it was actually. It was probably part of the part of the pandemic year, if I'm not mistaken. We played in a tournament um, in the Bahamas. And um, yeah, it must have been during the, the pandemic because that that was part of the part of the struggles with it. And uh, so you had to do all the testing and do all that stuff. And the planes were hard to come by. Even charter planes were hard to come by. The tournament ends. We're all all four teams are heading to the airport to leave, and our plane is nowhere to be found. Like they had mechanical issues or supply chain issues or their pilots, you know, had to go test for COVID. I don't remember what it was. And Louisville was one of the other teams there. And Louisville said, well, why don't you hop on our plane with us instead of waiting, you know, till tomorrow probably to get another plane. The only deal here is, you know, we're going to Louisville first and then we'll, you guys can go to Richmond which is exactly what we did. Now, it turned out to be a disaster because from the Bahamas, uh, you know, you got to show passports, you got to go through customs, you got to, you know, redo the manifest, and it took forever. Like, I actually felt bad for the Louisville people, and it was not just their players and team. They had they had boosters and supporters, and they won the thing, and they were all happy, and we got crammed in the back of the airplane, like our travel party for Richmond basketball. I mean, really crammed in the back of the plane. They barely had enough seats for, for all both parties. And I felt bad for the I felt bad for us because I'm claustrophobic anyway, and it was tight uh, getting back there. And we waited forever for them to redo the the manifest, the log, all of that, all of that stuff, especially going internationally, and 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 uh, you know needing to go through customs and passport and all of that, and it took forever. I mean, they should have they should have been in Louisville by the time we by the time we took off. But there was another example of two teams, and we didn't want we didn't actually play Louisville in the tournament anyway. Uh, helping each other, and we were both on the same airplane. We did go to Louisville first, dropped them off, and then went to Richmond and dropped us off. It was a, it was a long trip. But there's another example, real-life example, of teams helping other teams out off the field, off the court, away from the venue. All right, let's step away for a moment. Uh, we are rescheduling Scott Jackson for just after the top of the hour, so he will be joining us um, in the 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Hour. Break time. We'll come back, get you up to the ESPN Sports Center update next on 1061 ESPN. There are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Is Sam Howell the man in D.C.? Can Dak Prescott and the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl? Can Russell Wilson bounce back from last season's disaster with the Broncos? The answers begin in training camp. And we'll bring you the latest from each camp around the league. Here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. always like to piggyback on the promos that you hear just before we come back and you just heard the one for the uh, beer bourbon and barbecue festival meadow event park up there on july 29th we will have greg nivens the promoter from drink eat relax events in the studio with us the day before on friday the 28th and we'll be giving away some free tickets to the event so be sure to be listening every day but be sure to be listening on that friday july 28th next friday a week from tomorrow i guess that's right 
Uh, I got to check my calendar. But anyway, it's the Friday before the festival, and we will have tickets to give away, and Greg will be in the studio with us. We had a great time doing that last year, and we look forward to doing it again this year. Yes, it is next Friday, July 28th. He'll be in the studio. We'll be giving away tickets, and the Beer Bourbon Barbecue Festival up at Meadow Event Park is Saturday, July 29th. As you heard in the promo, just to emphasize, for more info, go to beerandbourbon.com. Hour one of the sports huddle is in the books. We're coming back with two guests in hour two, beginning with Scott Jackson. He will join us right after the ESPN Sports Center update at the top of the hour, and then Wiley Ballard from the Braves Radio Network at the bottom of the hour. ESPN Sports Center update is next, and then the five o'clock hour of the Wednesday Sports Huddle. We're halfway home for the week on 1061 ESPN. For some, it's the luxury that captivates.